Winslow. Hi, I'm Haley. And, and we, we are Wrestling, wrestling Wind Down. Down. On this week's episode, we're covering the biggest week in professional wrestling in 20 years. We'll be covering Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. And of course, our word on the streets. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. A huge week, like I said, in professional wrestling. So many people were excited to see the new AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights and how it would compete with NXT. And I think it it did a great job. Yeah, I think that both the shows were really good this week, both AEW and NXT. But tuning into AEW for the very first time was amazing. Like It was an experience that is so different than the wrestling on NXT. And don't get me wrong, like... NXT has some great wrestlers. It's just different in AEW. I feel like AEW is more of a faster pace. And I mentioned that before when I saw it live. They have so many amazing moves and they're all over the place. Meanwhile, I feel like WWE is a little bit confined. So you have two types of styles of wrestling to choose from. On AEW this week, the new AEW Women's Champion was crowned the inaugural champion. Riho defeated Nyla Rose in what people expected to be kind of a squash match. Yeah. Riho is 95 pounds. She's little. She's been training since she was like nine years old, which is crazy to think about. Mm. She faced off against Nyla Rose. Nyla had the size advantage. I felt like Nyla really had the upper hand for most of the match until they did the spot where Nyla jumped off the ring and landed on all those chairs. That's when I felt like Riho, she knew that was her moment to win. Right. And it was incredible. After the match, Nyla was obviously really upset, and she attacked Riho and Michael Nakasawa, who was congratulating Riho for her victory. And then we see Kenny Omega run out and save his longtime friend Riho. Well, how did you feel about this match? Obviously, it was really different from what we see in WWE. Most of the women there, they're pretty much like the same size. Right. And you never think, oh, they have a size advantage. Right. This is kind of like Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss fighting. That'd be like the WWE equivalent. Yeah. But I think that they really did a great job, like not really stressing on the fact that there was such a huge size difference. Like everyone saw it. You don't really need to say it, you know? Right. So... In that aspect, I think they did really well. I don't, it was kind of like a strange fight for the very first time they were on TV, in my opinion. Like, well, I think it came across as like a David versus Goliath thing. Yeah. We knew if Riho was going to win, it would have to be like a miraculous victory. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people expected AEW to crown Nyla Rose as the champion, seeing that she is their first transgender wrestler that was signed to the brand. Mm-hmm. And, They've put a lot of emphasis on building up her character and making her known as part of the women's division. And I feel like she's really been through a lot with all the trolls online talking and sharing their thoughts that no one asked for. I think either way, either woman who won, like it would have been a good match. But I'm glad that they had Riho. So like we were saying before, how the wrestling is just so different in WWE and AEW this is a great example so Chris Jericho Santana and Ortiz went against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and this match was just so fast it was insane like they were jumping off people it was crazy but we saw a Dean Ambrose yes we we did did. or John Moxley the ring went from like these six men to 
literally everyone. Well, you saw John Moxley. He took Kenny Omega backstage and yep. ended up DDTing him through a glass table, which was nuts. But yeah, you're right. Like towards the end, there was way too many people in the match they to just even kept figure out in on people. And I was like, oh. We saw Sammy Guevara come out at the end of the match, and then we saw a surprise debut from Jake Hager, also known as WWE's Jack Swagger, the All-American-American. He's now in AEW, and him, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Sanchez and Ortiz have kind of made like a faction. Yeah. And it should be interesting. I mean, them against the Elite would be a good match because we have so many former WWE superstars who have made their names for themselves outside of the company, as well as independent wrestlers who have done a great job for themselves. It should be interesting. I think a lot of people would want to see that. I was very surprised about the amount of pop that Jake Hager got for his debut since he kind of wasn't like used a lot at the end of his WWE career. He had the whole We The People thing and a lot of people didn't like him for his political views and whatnot. People are just excited to see familiar faces, I think. Just because, like, this brand is so new, when you see someone that you, like, know no. and remember, you get super excited. It is interesting that both companies are starting to use individuals who have succeeded in MMA and UFC in their rosters. We saw Cain Velasquez get involved on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. He attacked Brock Lesnar after what was actually... The match that i've seen this year i'm gonna be completely it was honest a, like a second long we talked about this a couple weeks ago maybe like a month ago when we had dre as a guest host and he had said that he thought that brock lesnar would be the one to take the belt off kofi kingston which i agreed but i didn't want to see happen and i along with every other wwe fan was extremely upset and irritated and still irritated about how WWE ended Kofi Kingston's mm -hmm. title reign. Like, it was a 10-second match. That's all they gave him. Kofi fought so long and so hard to hold this title against so many competitors, and then Brock Lesnar comes out, and that's it. I think I was really irritated over this because we saw Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar go at it. They portrayed Seth Rollins as this macho man who could take all of these F5s and he kept getting F5 over and over and over again, and he ended up winning the match. Meanwhile, Kofi Kingston gets F5'd once, and he loses his title. Like, right. why did they portray Kofi as this almost weak individual who can't defend his title? Like, I think a lot of us knew that Kofi wasn't going to be able to retain it against Brock Lesnar, and it was just up for him, you know? Yeah, but, and I mean, so they could have portrayed it as he had a fighting chance. Yeah, like, so I think WWE just looked at it like, the fans know he's not going to keep it, so whatever. We don't need to put a lot into this, but that's not a good way to end his reign. Like, that's so upsetting. Well, we saw Velasquez get involved, and that's what I felt like could have been better because they could have done it to where he got involved during the match and yeah. Kofi retained his title. I feel like that would have made a bigger impact than having Kofi lose the title, and now Velasquez is going to be on Raw on Monday. It's like, here we go again, bringing in other people. We, ha we have a whole roster of talented people. Why not someone else on the roster? Why are we bringing in an MMA fighter or a UFC fighter to compensate for Brock Lesnar's next opponent? Like, I don't understand. They're both – I mean, Brock Lesnar is a WWE superstar. He's mm -hmm. wrestled, but he's also had time in MMA. Why are we having two MMA superstars – 
in a WWE ring. Well, I think Brock Lesnar is also getting more into MMA again. Like, he's going to make it a, an appearance again on there. So, it's weird that he's now holding a title. But if he does get back into MMA, like, will he be there? Will he ever be there? Who knows? I don't know. A lot of people were really disappointed online. And to be honest with you, shame on WWE for having Kofi lose a title like that. Yeah. I think it showed that probably Fox wanted Brock Lesnar to get that title and grab it up as soon as he could but like well they probably wanted him to work for his contract yeah i get it but like you have this champion that a lot of people have connected with emotionally and have really enjoyed his title run and it's not like it's been like a typical title run where they have the title for a couple months like people like them like he really gravitated towards a lot of people Mm -hmm. and to just end his title reign like that I don't know what WWE was expecting did they think people would be happy I don't know I'm ranting now because I'm (laughs) upset this was not the best way to do it in my opinion yeah I agree so on NXT this week we had some great returns so we saw Finn Balor come back and then later on right before the show ended we saw Tommaso Ciampa come back that was crazy like did you expect either of them to be back on the night of NXT this week I actually didn't expect Finn Balor to be back in NXT. A lot of people were disappointed with this move because I don't know why. Some people still see an NXT as like a downgrade. So them being moved back to that roster is like seen as almost a demotion. But they're on USA Network. They're doing their thing. So I don't really see how it is. But it was rumored that Finn Balor was going to get back with the OC. So AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows after he had his whole segment with Bray Wyatt and he went and got married. But now he's back in NXT and he's trying to get Adam Cole's NXT title, which I don't think is a bad move. Finn Balor is a great athlete. We see how capable he is in the ring, and I think him and Adam Cole would have a spectacular match together. And with the addition of Tommaso Ciampa, who we didn't think we'd see back so soon since he had his neck injury and he gave up his NXT title in order to heal, he's coming back for his title because he technically didn't lose it. He had to give it up. I think it would be a great match. I'm kind of thinking that they're probably going to do a number one contenders match between Finn Balor and Tommaso because a three-way, Jesus Christ, I that would be really good, yeah. but I don't see it happening. I feel like more people, which, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like more people would be more excited to see Cole and Champa fight rather than Cole and Balor, and I think that's just because, like, we haven't seen Champa in so long. People are excited that he's back, and then... As you said, people are disappointed that Finn Balor went to NXT in the first place. So to be honest, I think Finn Balor has really been stuck in a rut ever since he had his shoulder injury and he lost his universal title. Yeah. And I think WWE really tried to compensate for that and put the Intercontinental Championship on him and have him in these feuds with Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt, these high profile superstars. But in the back of your head, you still remembered like that man had to relinquish his title because of his shoulder injury he never got another championship Mm, ring with that belt and it's like it was almost like an unfinished story you put this title on this nxt superstar that you brought up he got injured he did have the proper opportunities to get the title back but he never won it so Mm -hmm. i think wwe really messed up there by not kind of like finishing off that story with finn balor and they didn't know what to do with him next They can't really put him in the title picture with Seth Rollins because we've seen that story before. And I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to something new with him. I think, like I said, NXT has a roster full of great, talented men and women that I feel like he'll be fine. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places to go. Like, there's a lot of storylines that he could fit into. And so. I think, is he under 205? What's technically the Cruiserweight Championship now? I don't know if you saw that. The NXT, yeah. NXT took up the 205 Live roster, renamed the 205 Championship as the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So, if he falls under that category, he could go for the Cruiserweight Championship. Like, I never personally understood why he wasn't always in the Cruiserweight, yeah. just because, like, that is his weight division right but he never fought with them so yeah i guess like he probably would fall under that and another opportunity more men that he could fight in there so he has options also this week on nxt we saw a long-awaited match Shayna baszler and candice laray baszler ended up retaining the nxt women's championship title by submission Mm -hmm. and you know Everyone was excited for this. A couple weeks ago, we saw Candice LeRae be a last-minute addition to the number one's contender match. And even being a last-minute addition, like, a lot of people were upset that she did win. But she put up a great fight against Shayna Baszler. I saw everyone online loved it. We liked it. So who do you think is going to be next against Baszler? I think either Rhea Ripley or Bianca Belair is going to take this title off of her. Shayna's had this belt for a really long time now. And while I think that Shayna is a very dominant champion and I feel like she does a great job at defending her title and her character, we really need someone else to have this belt. Like, we've seen people step up to the plate. We've seen Yoshirai. We've seen Candice LeRae. We've seen a hell of a lot of people step up to get this title. Great match, but they can't finish it. Right. You know? And We see a lot of people try for this, but someone needs to come in here and get it it is time and i think bianca belair i think that she would be a really great person to get this title she's very feisty yeah she knows what she wants but at the same time you have rhea ripley who has already made the challenge to Shayna baszler in their last match mm-hmm. so maybe do a three-way i don't know but it's kind of getting stale with Shayna as a champion even though like i said she is a dominant champion we need someone else with this title yeah she's you're on great. nxt USA Network now, you know, let's crown a new champion. Yes, I agree. Let's drink to that. Amen. You know, we also need more wine because I don't know if you saw in Raw this week. Mm. (sighs) There was some love going on. (sighs) Rey Mysterio was injured earlier in the night by Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar pulled Dominic out the audience. Rey Mysterio's son attacked him, which I commend him because imagine your first bumps on WWE television by Brock Lesnar. Like, crazy. And Brock just kept going and going after Rey and Dominic, so Rey was injured and wasn't able to compete in the main event against Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were wondering who was going to face off against him. A lot of people online thought that John Morrison would come back, which... The rumor was confirmed that he did not sign back with WWE, unfortunately. But it ended up being Rusev, who returned a couple weeks ago. And they had a good match. And there was also... uh, Then the end happened. Yes, we saw some things on the sideline. So a limo drove up, what, like halfway, almost done with the show. And that's why people thought it was John Morrison, because this whole Eminem thing with the red carpet. And he's just this Hollywood superstar. And Bobby Lashley gets out the limo, and not the best surprise, (laughs) but anyway, so Bobby comes out, Lana comes out, Rusev's wife, and they start making out. Yes, like, a lot. And did you see on Twitter, there were pictures of the entire... Yes, the scene. The entire scene, yes. You had 
you had Baron Corbin and Randy Orton off to the side, making like the grossest faces, looking like they wanted to die. But Seth were- Rollins' face was the best. Yeah. He looked so disgusted. <laughs> Rusev looked shocked. What do you think Rusev about this storyline? This is weird. This is as weird as Maria Kanellis' storyline. Like, and we didn't think it could get worse well, than that. Well, supposedly, wasn't Rusev the father of Maria's baby? Like, there's just so much going on dramatically. I don't like this, to be honest. Yeah, this is weird. I mean, I don't tune into WWE to see people eat each other's faces, so not what I was expecting. I don't think anyone really expected this, and it was weird, like, the... I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm disgusted. Just, I Yeah. Because we know how Lana and Rusev are. Like, they're in love, like, and now yeah. you have Bobby Lashley, and now... Ugh. Thank you, next. Like, we don't want this <laughs> sh- I don't know if you guys want this but we definitely This is the part of the show when you just, like, chug to black out, and then you're just like, I don't see it. I didn't even remember this. I'm fine. It's fine. (laughs) We're fine. Yep. Finally, The Rock has returned to SmackDown. We saw him on WWE television this week. Amazing. Yes. He came out there, and he roasted Baron Corbin to a crisp. (laughs) A Burger King crisp. What did he say exactly? The Rock called Baron Corbin a broke-ass Burger King on crack. A couple minutes <laughs> later, he was standing with the man and Baron Corbin. He was like, it's me, the man, and cracky over here. And then he decided that Baron Corbin is an STD, a super tough dude. And so the entire crowd started chanting STD. And he was like, you know, this is something that will follow you for life. And I was dying. Like, it was so funny. Was this PG? No, because they also talked about his testicles. Wow. It was quite an entrance. I'm glad that The Rock was back on Fox. And I think it really helped with the ratings because the way they announced it was very grand. And people were kind of thinking that he would be involved, but they weren't sure. And we were supposed to have actually a lot more superstars involved. Undertaker was slated to be on the show as well as Sting and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we saw none of them. Mm -mm. The Undertaker took to social media and said that he wasn't needed during the show, and fun fact, this was the 20th anniversary episode of SmackDown, and a couple weeks ago, uh, months ago, we talked about how this was a huge deal we predicted that superstars that would be involved and they you know they had announced some people but we kind of thought it'd be like the raw reunion exactly but it wasn't i feel like wwe really knew that they had to stand out and show off their current roster since it was the first show on fox and they kind of neglected the anniversary yeah which mm. i mean like being on fox is a big deal and they made a big deal about that right but yeah, I would have thought that they would do more just because they did so much for Raw. So you did see that we do have a change in commentary positions. Yeah. So how are you feeling about that? Renee Young is off the commentary booth. She has her new show with Booker T and they're also on the pre-show. How are you feeling about that? I just miss her on the commentary booth. Like, Corey Graves, you know, I'm not his biggest fan. Right. I just think the things he say aren't, you know, intellectual, mm-hmm. as one may say. He just says some weird things that you shouldn't say to all of America watching. But it did seem a lot less crowded, so I guess that's good. I just wish they would remove Corey Graves, put Renee in there, and put Corey somewhere else. 
I'm definitely disappointed that they took her off the commentary booth because I felt like WWE made a huge deal about putting her on the booth in the first place. Mm-hmm. She was the first female to be full-time on the commentary booth. And a lot of women really love that because you have all these male voices, but you have females wrestling in the ring, but yet you don't have anyone talking about wrestling. Women working fine. So these interviewer positions and places on the network, like host on the network shows or whatever. But it was a huge deal that they had Renee on the commentary booth. And I think a lot of people talk online because she didn't have experience in that. She was more into radio and broadcast and all of that in Canada. And then when she came down and did started in WWE, she didn't have experience doing play-by-play or commentary. Now they have her on this FS1 show, which is a huge deal. She's going to get a lot more opportunities to be creative rather than being on commentary. I liked Renee, so she's definitely going to be missed. Now in terms of Corey Graves, yeah, he kind of says some dumb but I feel like they have three roles on commentary. They had the middleman, who's Michael Cole. Mm -hmm. They had Corey Graves, who was like the heel commentator, so he would technically always be behind the heel wrestlers and then yeah. you have renee who was always looking out for the good guys and yeah it will be missed and also byron saxton is mia now we don't know where he went tom phillips who was on smackdown he went to nxt uk which is a great move he's an incredible commentator i don't know why they didn't put him on raw mm-hmm. but in my opinion i think they should have him on raw rather than jerry the king lawler just high or low right now, let her change the entire commentary booth. Supposedly, Jerry the King Lawler won't be on the Raw broadcast commentator booth for long, which, thank God. I, I'm not a fan of him, yeah. and we'll see what happens. I think I see what they're trying to do. I think Michael Hole is the perfect person to put on Fox because, according to the online websites, he really pushed with Vince McMahon to be on Fox. So this, he's okay. living out his dream. Yeah. So... We'll see what happens. I'm obviously optimistic. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And I'm just really excited for these organizations. They have all of these talented superstars, men and women. And just watch what you can. I didn't see a lot of people online this week talking about the war between AEW and NXT. So I think a lot of people just went back and forth between the two because they were on at the same time. AEW ended up getting the higher rating, but... That means that NXT will probably bring their A game next week. Yeah. I their A-plus game. Because they yeah. were A this week, in my opinion. It was but really good. it's difficult. I you think have... it's just because people are excited that AEW is brand new. Right. Like, I chose to watch AEW live rather than NXT this week just because I was like, you know, this is like the first time it's on TV. So, of course, I'm going to choose this one. But, I mean, going forward, I'll probably watch NXT. Just, like, personal preference. Really? Yeah. I don't know. But... We'll see. We'll go on a week-to-week basis. So this week on SmackDown, we saw another match between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair against Bayley and Sasha Banks. They're four great competitors that make two great teams. So this week, Flair and Lynch ended up defeating Bayley and Banks. How long do you think the four of them are going to keep going at this? Like, what do you think is going to come from this? You know, I don't know how long I think this will go on for. I think all four women are extremely talented, like you said. And I think WWE really wanted to make an impact on their first SmackDown episode on Fox. So they knew these women would deliver. But WWE fans start getting tired of stuff after a while. And I feel like it's probably going to start getting to that. We know that Becky Lynch is going against Sasha Banks in one of three announced matches at Hell in a Cell on Sunday. 
Well, I think the reason that they keep doing this is because of the Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks match this Sunday. But if it goes on after that, I'm confused. Yeah. I'm lost. Well, who do you think would face off against Becky for the title next if she still has it or if Sasha has it? I mean, I feel like they're probably going to start doing the Chronicles again with, you know, Becky versus Sasha again and again until someone gets up in there and takes that title and changes the narrative. Yeah. Like, honestly, I don't even I can't even think about, like, who would be next. I would assume it would be like the four of them for a while. Then they would throw someone else in there. Hmm. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Unfortunately, we have another crown jewel coming up on October 31st. Fitting, right? Scary. Scary. Yeah. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) We both feel very strongly about this. And it was announced this week, even scarier, that Hulk Hogan is going to be involved. And it's going to be Team Hogan versus Team Flair. So on Team Flair, we have Team Captain of Randy Orton and team member Baron Corbin versus Hulk Hogan's team, which is team captain Seth Rollins and Rusev. I hate it. I hate all of it. Yep, I do too. But next. <laughs> Honestly, next. Uh, I'd like to see who else wine. is going to be on the teams, but I definitely won't be watching this. So I saw that there's probably going to be a match between Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel, which. Nothing they will do here, I'm going to like. Right. It's all thumbs down, zero out of ten. I need a large wine refill. Preach. So now let's get into our word on the street. I'm going to have my backup wine ready. Let's go. You need it because, oh my god. Okay, some superstars never learn. Um, a video surface this week of Randy Orton playing Call of Duty, and he said the N-word. And this video has gone viral. People are extremely upset, which I'm upset, but I'm not surprised. And we haven't seen any repercussions yet for Randy Orton's use of a racial slur. I know we talk about a lot of stuff that probably is touchy on our show. We've talked about certain fans being inappropriate with wrestlers we've talked about Lars Sullivan and all of his that has happened and now we're talking about Randy Orton and his use of racial slurs and it's kind of ridiculous it is ridiculous WWE needs to take a stand on this and Randy Orton has been signed with WWE for long enough that you would think he would know better you would think that he would know that if you're on Call of Duty or anywhere at the grocery store do not say that is stupid you are in a public figure position and you're not thinking before you talk and i've seen people defending him for some odd reason and it's really irritating as an african-american woman this pisses me off i think that randy orton is a great athlete but at the end of the day if you're a human being it's going to come to light yeah fans listen to what you do and so he's not going to get away with just saying that like I mean, we've seen tons of wrestlers get away with it on WWE, but I feel like now that social media is so huge and people have so many voices on Twitter, he's going to get a lot of repercussion for that. And I hope he publicly apologizes. I honestly don't think he will. I don't think so either. But I don't know if you saw the video, but after he said what he said, he got quiet. I think he realized that he was on video and I, that's what he said. (laughs) Like, he realized that he was on video and he said that, and he knew that it was probably going to go viral because 
He's a public figure, and wrestling Twitter works harder than Chris Jenner does after Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott break up. But yep. that's beyond wrestling. The devil works hard, but WWE fans work harder. They sure do. So we saw this week Jeff Hardy got arrested for driving under the influence. We've seen this with the Usos, and I really think WWE needs to do a better job with getting these wrestlers the help that they need. And, you know, like, this shouldn't be a reoccurring experience. Yeah, so this was his second DWI arrest, and... It's not looking good for him. He's out with injury right now, so he's not competing. Um, he was also arrested earlier this year for public intoxication, and this is really alarming. There's a lot of wrestlers that we've seen recently that are getting mixed up in driving under the influence or being intoxicated, and this is not a joke. And as the employer, I feel like WWE needs to step in at some point, but the only response that they have to these arrest reports are that he's responsible for his own personal actions and Matt Hardy even commented on Twitter and said quote unquote since so many have asked me about my brother tonight I love my brother and want him to be happy and healthy I've expressed that to him as much as I can Jeff has to make his own decisions about his life I have to focus on my two boys and soon arrived son I can only control my actions end quote he's like don't group me in with my brother I didn't do that well I feel like this comes down to Jeff Hardy realizing that there is an issue there. But at the same time, WWE has offered rehab services to superstars before. So I don't really know. Like, no one really knows the backstory of all of this. They might be offering help and they might be rejecting it. We don't know. But it's really alarming as fans to see superstars keep having these issues and... I really pray that he gets help. I pray that the Usos get help as well. I've read that they're supposedly coming back really soon, but it's sad. These talented wrestlers have issues. They're real people at the end of the day, and they need to be treated as such. I feel like a lot of fans praise these wrestlers, and they don't really look at the negative things they do, but when you're harming yourself and you're harming other individuals, you need to admit it, and you need to get help. Yeah. Before we sign off, we just want to remind everyone if they could go to WrestleHub and vote in the Best Wrestling Podcast Awards and nominate us for Best Newcomer, we would appreciate it so much. Yes. If you all love wine and you love wrestling, there's no reason to not nominate us. The nominations close on October 25th, and then after that, voting will be open, and we would appreciate nominations as well as votes when the time comes, but... Thank you to anyone who has already nominated us. We appreciate it. We hope that you guys enjoy the shows that we put out. And if you have any type of request or see something interesting that you think that we should talk about on the show, send it our way. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes every Saturday. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.